0: Good morning. Our Scripture today comes from Hebrews chapter 11 and the first verse of Hebrews chapter 12. By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to set out for a place that he was to receive as an inheritance. And he set out not knowing where he was going. even though he was too old and Sarah herself was barren, because he considered him faithful who had promised. Therefore, from one person, and this one as good as dead, descendants were born, as many as the stars of heaven and as the innumerable grains of sand by the seashore. <clears throat> All of these died in faith without having received the promises but from a distance they saw and greeted them. They confessed that they were strangers and foreigners on the earth, for people who speak in this way make it clear that they are seeking a homeland. If they had been thinking of the land that they had left behind, they would have had the opportunity to return. But as it is, they desire a better country that is a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God. Indeed, he has prepared a city for them. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and the sin that clings so closely and let us run with the perseverance the race that is set before us. This is found on page 977 of the Pew Bible. This is the word of God for the people of God.
1: Thanks be God. So the story goes like this. There was this couple. And they were on their way to get married. When they were in a tragic car accident. And they awoke to find themselves at the pearly gates. And there was St. Peter, dressed all in white, you know, with his golden clipboard like he has. And they walked up to him and they said, man, we were just on our way to get married. Is it possible for us to get married here in heaven? And St. Peter thought for a moment. He said, let me go check on that. I'll be, I'll be back. You guys wait right here. So he turned around he walked through the pearly gates. He was gone for a while, like two months he was gone. Finally, St. Peter comes back to the pearly gates. He finds the couple. He says, guys, guess what? Good news. Yes. Yes. I've worked it out. Found you a pastor. We're going to get you married. And they said, oh, that's fantastic news. But you know, while you were gone, we started to think. Not all marriages work out. Would it be possible, if ours didn't work out, can can you also get divorced in heaven? And St. Peter turned beet red. And he threw down his golden clipboard. And they said, we're so sorry, we didn't mean to offend you. He said, are you kidding me? It took me two months to find a pastor up here. How long do you think it'd take me to find a lawyer? I know we have several attorneys in the congregation, I just want to remind you that you are loved and you belong here, (laughs) and there is great purpose in your life. Welcome to All Saints Sunday at Ebenezer Church. What is All Saints Sunday about? All Saints Sunday is about the recognition that there are people who have come before us, we call them the great cloud of witnesses in Scripture. There are people who have come before us who have left a lasting impact on our world and particularly... On our lives, and every every time that we get close to this season, this All Saints' season, I start to think about a word. I want to give you this word for today. We're going to mull over it a couple of different ways. But the word is identity. Where do we find our identity? This question, the scripture passage, it causes me to think about a home place, because. That's what Abraham left behind. He left a home place. That's what he was in search of, a home place. I'm just curious. When I say home place, I don't mean a house, of course. I mean that place that your people are from. By show of hands, how many of you have a place where your people are from, have a home place that you would consider your home place? Actually, not a whole lot of us. I, I don't uh, have a place that I think of as my home place. I figured it out this week. I'm 40 years old, and I've moved 24 times in my life. The longest period of time I've ever spent in any one location was five years. I was born in Ohio. We moved when, when we were in Ohio. Then we moved to Indiana, and then to Tennessee, and South Carolina, and Tennessee, and then I went off to college, and then I joined the Air Force, and I don't know if you know this about the military or not, but they tend to move you. Yeah. And then I joined the, the United Methodist Church, and... We, we we're called itinerant ministers, which literally moves, means you move around. I don't, I don't have a home place. One of the reasons I'm so drawn to the retelling of Abraham's story in Hebrews chapter 11 is that one of the things we come to understand about Abraham is that his identity was not found in the place from which he came. His identity was found in the place he was going. I want to read reread a section of this passage to you uh, starting in verse 13. All these died in faith without having received the promises. But from a distance they saw and greeted them. They confessed that they were strangers and foreigners on this earth. For people who speak in this way make it clear that they are seeking a homeland. If they'd been thinking about the land they'd left behind, they would have had the opportunity to return. But as it is, they desire a better country, that is, a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God. Indeed, He has prepared a city For them, my brothers and sisters, as women and men of faith, our identity is not located in the place from which we have come. Our identity is located in the place to which we are going. Revelation 21 describes that place this way. It says, I looked and I saw a new heaven and a new earth. The first heaven and the first earth had passed away. The sea was no more. I saw a holy city coming out of heaven prepared like a bride for a bridegroom. And I heard a voice cry out from the throne. It said behold the home of God is among mortals He will be with them and God himself will be their God He will wipe away every tear from their eyes and mourning and crying and pain will be no more and the old things will pass away I will make Everything new we are not defined by the places from which we are have come We are not defined by darkness and sin and fear and failure We are defined by the place to which we are going. It's a place where justice rolls down like mighty rushing waters It's a place It's a place where racism doesn't exist anymore and sexism doesn't exist anymore. It is a place where you don't have to worry about whether someone's going to open fire in a school or a house of worship or a yoga studio. That's the place we're going. And when we understand, when we locate our identity in that place whose foundations were built by God, when we believe and dream about that place together, We start to try and make this world look a little more like that one. It matters. The place where we find our identity matters. But it's not just about place. On this All Saints Sunday, we celebrate the fact that we also find our identity located in the people who have blessed us along our pilgrimage towards the Holy City. We've been, we've been blessed by people who have come before us. They've, they've touched us in beautiful and powerful ways and they help to find, define something about who we are. They grant us something of our identity. And as I was reflecting on this over the last couple of months, preparing for this Sunday, I was thinking about the fact that we, we actually share a saint in common, you and I. Um, for those of you who... Are newer to Ebenezer Church, there are some folks in the room who've only been here for less than a year and a half i 'm the only lead pastor at ebenezer you 've known. My predecessor was a guy named Mark Miller. He was here for twenty two years if you 're relatively new at ebenezer church i 'm going to show you a video clip in just a second. This is a good opportunity to understand a little bit more about the history of this place and these people if you 've been around for a while it 's going to be an opportunity to, to join together and give thanks for one of the saints who made a difference in our lives and this video is like nine and a half minutes long, I think. So I noticed at the 815 service, I didn't tell them that. And so after two minutes, they're like, why isn't the video stopping? Right? Well, it's because it's nine and a half, ten minutes long, something like that. So, But I, I do want to invite you to, to check, this, check this interview out that I had with Mark Miller. Pastor Mark, thank you so much for taking time out of your schedule. I know you're busy uh, down there at Virginia Beach. Uh, but it's, it's, an it's an honor dinner. to be
2: here. It really, oh, is. Glad it really is. So
1: today is... Uh, all Saints Day, a day when we talk about the saints who have come before us, and so often we think about those folks who have passed away, but the reality is we all have these people in our lives who have laid a foundation for us, and having the opportunity to hear their story and celebrate the work that God has done through them is a, an important thing. And so we sure, yeah. had this idea of, of inviting you to come and, and, and chat with us for a few minutes, and so thank you. But You you came here to Ebenezer Church in 1995. Yes, and you all were worshiping in the gym.
2: Yep, I was a young 35 year old pastor (laughs) with a little child who was uh, in kindergarten and one in second grade. So yeah, we we were and uh, we were surrounded by nature. I mean, you you'd come in here on Sunday mornings and there'd be deer in the front yard, and we were out in the country. Uh, In fact, the first time. Uh, I found out I was coming to Ebenezer. Uh, we drove down to check out the church. We had to drive around to find it. It was just out in the middle of nowhere. And yeah, my first Sunday, uh about 120, 125 people in the gym at 11 o'clock. That was that was about it. Wow.
1: Yeah. And but and then when you left here, yes. Ebenezer Church was. You know, north of 1100 at one point during your, yeah, your tenure. Yeah, uh, yeah. So a thousand percent growth. Could you tell me that story? Because that's a, <laughs> that's an amazing God infused praise the Lord kind of story. Yeah,
2: so. it's it's like uh, hold on and just try not to ruin it because God's <laughs> doing something great. And uh, it was It was great to be a part of it. And it'll always be just a, a phenomenal part of, of our lives. Uh, yeah, it it. It started kind of slow because uh, there had been a housing boom years before that had died out, and so we when we got here, there was no housing boom there were not there weren 't a lot of people moving into Stafford at that time, and uh, the church had kind of leveraged itself to relocate from their old location and the uh, the facilities were fairly new and there was a lot of debt and uh, not much income the, the, those who were coming were financially faithful but it just too much leverage financially and so we were we were struggling but uh it it didn't take long i bet about 6 to 8 months new faces started showing up people started finding us and then stafford kicked into this about decades long uh, housing boom that was just amazing and uh, because of that folks were finding us we were growing and it was a matter of uh just trying to keep up putting in systems in place hiring staff knowing when to leverage yourself financially again in order to to expand your facilities so there was a, a lot of late night meetings a lot of prayers a lot of uh a lot of conversation uh but through it all god just kept uh, doing great things here it seemed like Everything we did, every decision we made turned out to be blessed. It just seemed like that was the right thing to do at the right time, whether it was adding another worship service, starting a contemporary service, getting a band, uh, starting an, an additional Sunday school program. Just everything just was working. It was amazing.
1: Yeah. Just amazing. So let let me take you back a few years <clears throat> even prior to the beginning of your tenure. Mm. Uh, so... One of the things that I, frankly, I still find amazing um, when we think about the faithfulness of the people at Ebenezer, uh, is that they spent 140 years at virtually the same location off of Onville Road. Yeah. And then in the early 1990s, made a decision to to leave that place, which actually had some stuff around it. Yeah, and move as you say out into the middle of the wilderness. Um, what, can, can you talk to me a little bit about the DNA that you saw that was infused in the congregation as a result of that decision?
2: Yeah, it was a church that wanted to reach its community for Jesus Christ, which um, uh, you would think every United Methodist Church would have that DNA, and and maybe they do in some ways, but most churches don't have this we'll do whatever it takes to reach our community for Jesus Christ and this church did they they got it and uh they had experienced a certain level of growth where they were but their facility was it was old it was historic i mean it was used in the civil war as a as a place to uh tend to troops sort of like a makeshift hospital and supply depot during the civil war that's how old it was but the uh the folks knew that uh, the growth was going to come, and they needed more land. They needed more space, uh, and uh, the Virginia Conference was was willing to work with them to find space. It was funny though; they the, the Virginia Conference only wanted to get five acres, and this parcel was eight acres. And uh, the, the the folks in the conference office said, "We we just can't." Let you go on eight acres. That's just too large. And a group of them went down to Richmond and convinced them, "Let us use this eight-acre parcel." And so, eight acres out in the middle of nowhere, and they they uh, they
1: made it work. Yeah. yeah. God built it, and the people came. Yeah. Praise the Lord. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, you you come here in 1995. The church is you know 100 120 people, uh, and then things start to grow. They they start to to expand, and by, what, seven, seven years later, mm-hmm. you all have built this facility that we're in right now? Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. And made a, deci- made a decision to, to build a, a worship space that could seat 500 people. Um, yeah. And then, a few years later, uh, in an attempt to to really begin giving greater uh, honor and, and process to the discipleship activities, you all decide to build uh, the ministry center. Um, can you just talk me through that decision process? And- yeah. We really had
2: the, the decision to build the ministry center actually started when we were getting ready to build the sanctuary because uh, there was a debate about do we stay in the gym and build additional education ship, educational discipleship space first and then once that's done, build the sanctuary. But what we also discovered is when you build a nice sanctuary, it has an attraction factor that helps you uh, draw enough financial resources that then you can build the edu- So I think we did it in the right order. We knew with the the young families with children and teenagers that we were drawing, we knew we needed uh, space for small groups, for classes, for uh, more more intimate discipleship experiences where people could really get to know each other
1: yeah so just uh, just wanted to let you know a couple of things w- one uh, this year Ebenezer Church uh, has already had about sixty five baptisms and we oh, expect to have God. close to eighty baptisms this year in this church uh, we over the last few years. Um, and this started while you were here, so you know part of this. But in the last few years, we've given close to four hundred thousand dollars to helping children worldwide. Uh, the number of ministry opportunities that people are engaged in here is absolutely remarkable. I, I just wanted to take a moment because at some point somebody should, and say, "Well done, good and faithful servant." And I know, I know you're a humble guy, and I know you would say, and rightfully so, the Holy Spirit and the Living God get the credit for this, but. Um, I want you to know what an honor it is, what an absolute honor it is for me to be able to serve at a place like Ebenezer Church. And I recognize that in doing that, um, you know, my life's work is, is linked to the amazing work that you have done. And I simply wanted to take a moment and say thank you and celebrate with you the work that is still continuing to happen here at Ebenezer. And so that brings me to my final question. Mm-hmm. When we invest ourselves in something the way that you and Lynn invested at Ebenezer for 22 years, when you invest yourself in something like that, it gets into you. You are forever linked to that place and those people. And you're not only linked to their past, you're linked to their future. Mm-hmm. So if you were to say to all of us, uh, if you were to, to give us some perspective and say, what do you, what do you dream of? What do you dream about in terms of the future of Ebenezer Church? What would you say?
2: I think a couple things. I think um, I hope Ebenezer continues to try to reach people for Jesus Christ. The, the, that years from now, celebrating baptisms and people coming to faith and uh, us being able as a church to connect people to the, to the love and goodness of God and to experience the power of the Holy Spirit in their in their everyday lives. I hope that will always be the main thing at Ebenezer and uh finding new ways to do that, maybe through additional campuses, uh maybe through uh new ways of doing church in in, in different locations might might be part of that. I think also uh as you know, Rob, because you're a United Methodist pastor, there are so few excellent United Methodist churches these days. Not that that not all all United Methodist churches do some good, but this church, with its DNA, with its staff, with its uh, approach to ministry, with its 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 way of being in the community, uh, is so unique that I, that I hope Ebenezer is a church that other churches and other church leaders will come and study, and not to imitate, but to understand what it takes to be this kind of church. Uh, I, I, the church I'm in, Virginia Beach right now, I, I tell them uh, an expression that an old baseball coach used to always say to me when I was playing on a team. He said, everybody wants to be great until it comes time to do what greatness requires. Mm. And what greatness requires for a church is to be sold out to Jesus, listening to the Holy Spirit, willing to take a reasonable risk as you're, as you're led to do that. Uh, willing to to pray and to grow and to keep at the work God's called us to do, and I don't know of many churches that, that do it as well as this church. So uh, just keep doing what greatness requires, and God's going to use it for for His glory.
1: Amen. Well, I can tell you personally, and on behalf of this congregation, that we are always better after having the opportunity to sit and listen to you for a while. So thank you, thank you, thank you for taking the time to come and to be with us. Thank you on this All Saints Day as we look back for the remarkable sacrifices that you and Lynn made. And Mark, thank you so much. God bless you, my friend. I appreciate your time. So where's our identity found as a church? See, the the purpose of this video isn't just to celebrate Mark, though that's fantastic work and Frankly, he deserves to be celebrated for the great work he did here. But he, he narrated our story. He said that what makes this church different, what makes it unique, what makes it special, is a willingness to do absolutely anything, anything, anything to reach our community for Jesus Christ. And as we move forward into God's intended future, as we move together into that future, towards that place, Part of our task will be to continue to keep that DNA alive and well where we do anything to reach our community for Jesus Christ. Absolutely anything. I want to conclude our time today by inviting you to participate in an exercise as you depart the worship space. As you leave today, we're going to gonna hand you, the ushers are going to hand you guys... Uh, a thank you card. It's blank and an envelope. And I want to invite you to think about somebody in your life. Somebody, if they're, if they're living, I want to encourage you to write them a note and send it to them. If they're not, I want to encourage you to write the note and keep it until the day that you get to see them face to face again and tell them. But I want to encourage you to, to think about one of the saints who's made a difference in your life. One of the teachers, one of the friends, a parent, why? Why is this an important exercise? Well, here's why. I want to suggest three reasons. First, because there are times that the, the saints who have impacted us along our journey towards God's intended future, those people who've come alongside us during our pilgrimage, there are times that they need to hear thank you. I, I had a chance a couple of weeks back to go down to Atlanta, Georgia. And it was I was at a conference there, and uh, this big beautiful church. And I sat down in their kind of reception area for the conference to start. And and I was sitting around the six top table. There was nobody else there when I sat down. I sat down, and thirty seconds later, I saw out of the periphery of my vision a guy come and sit down right beside me. And I looked over, and it was Adam Hamilton. And if you don't know who Adam Hamilton is, he's a prolific writer. He's a United Methodist pastor. He is a tremendous, tremendous Christian leader in the world uh, today. And then sitting next to him was a guy named, sat down a guy named Mike Slaughter who took a church from 100 and grew up to 4,700 people to the glory of Jesus Christ by the power of the Holy Spirit. To my left sat down a guy named Jacob Armstrong. My point is to say, all of a sudden, I'm surrounded by these guys that I, whose books I read. Next year, we're going to, we're thinking about taking our kids to Disney World. And I just—I was thinking about my daughter, Parker, who I can pretty much guarantee you will be dressed like a princess the entire week. And what tea will be like when she sits down to have tea with the princesses. And how she's just going to start to shake because she's so happy. That's how I felt inside sitting around this table. Right, These guys were my heroes. And one of the coolest things that happened over the course of this three-day conference, I sat with them every day. It was amazing. One afternoon I got to pull Adam Hamilton aside and I got to say, I just I need you to know something. I need you to know that that your books have made me a better husband and father. That going out to church of the resurrection, seeing how you guys do things made me a better pastor. Your life has made my life better and more meaningful and more inspirational to people around me. And as I was telling this, his visage changed. And he said, Rob, you um, you can't actually know how much I needed to hear that today. One of the reasons that we need to take a moment and say thanks to God and to the people who have made a difference in our lives, one of the reasons we're giving these cards out today is because there are times that the people who have made a difference in our lives need to hear us say thank you. But that's not all. You know what happens when I take a moment When I take a moment and I reflect on the impact that other people have had on my life, when I take a moment to write the words of thank you and tell them why I am thankful, one of the things that begins to get clarified in me is my own identity. When I think about the things I'm thankful for from the the saints who have come before, I think about my dad, my father who is a great man and, and the thing he instilled in me more than anything else was a desire to work hard. I may not win at everything I do, But by golly, I'm going to work at it. My mom taught me to see something beautiful in everybody. There are people who have come before us who teach us something. And and when we reflect on the gifts and the graces they've instilled in us, it teaches us something about who we are. I'm a hard worker because of you. I, I love people because of you. It helps clarify our identity, but that's even not all. When we take a moment to say thanks, we encourage the people who have encouraged us. When we take a moment to say thanks, we help to clarify our own understanding of ourselves. But finally, when we take a moment to say thank you to the saints who have come before us, we find ourselves inspired. Those who have come before made sacrifices on our behalf. They trained us. I think about my parents. I think about former pastors. I think about a woman named Darlene at Community First Church of God in Seymour, Tennessee, when Rob was just a little boy and she broke out her blue felt board every single Sunday, took those little paper dolls and taught me the stories of Jesus, and now I recognize I am inspired as I reflect on that to remember that part of my job is to teach the next generation of people about Jesus too. When we take a moment on days like this and say thanks to the saints who have come before us, We bless those who have blessed us. We clarify our own identity. And we find ourselves inspired to move into God's future. So on this great day, I invite you to join me in saying thanks to God and to the saints who have made a difference in our lives. Church, would you pray with me? Holy God, we give you thanks. First and foremost, we give you thanks. Not simply for the places from which we have come, but more importantly, we give you thanks for that city whose architect and builder is God. We give you thanks that we can dream and bring to reality that dream of a city where there's no more mourning or crying or pain. We thank you for those who have come before us. For those who made a difference in our lives. And we ask for your grace to tell them thanks. To celebrate the work that they've done. Because they need to hear it. And because in doing so it clarifies our own identity. Inspires us to be those who leave a legacy for those who come behind us. Therefore, O God, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, help us lay off the weight and the sin that so easily entangles us and help us press on. Help us run. Help us run with perseverance the race you've set before us. We pray in the name and the glory of Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.